Good. <coughs> well, as we've heard, we're going to be uh, taking a break from Genesis, and already it's good, isn't it, that we can begin to prepare for our week of prayer, although it's a week away. Um, it's a great thing to kind of get our hearts kind of in a place where when it comes, we're not kind of caught thinking, oh, what's going on now? What, you know, how are we going to do this? Today, our, our title is Great Expectations. And uh, we've already maybe thought about that in that question. What do you expect to happen uh, when you pray? Now, I wonder if you're the kind of person that kind of gets disappointed. Because you can have great expectations of something, uh, and it doesn't quite work out. I, I must confess, I'm sometimes like that myself. It goes back a long way. Uh, one of the, my earliest memories of the phenomenon uh, was uh, I was growing up when I was a boy. Uh, we grew up, I grew up with my, my uh, brother and sister, and uh, we, we, didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't ever have any family holidays. Uh, kind of, we didn't really need to. It wasn't that much of a hardship because we lived on the Isle of Wight and, uh, you know, just on the edge of cows. And so there's a little beach called Gurnard, not too far away. So we could go to the beach and stuff. But we didn't kind of get into any holidays as such. Uh, I, actually, my, my parents didn't have any transport either. So it sounds very hardship, doesn't it? They didn't have, any, they didn't have a vehicle at that time um, until we moved over to what we on the island called the mainland when I was about 10 years old. And uh, so it was with great um, uh, embarrassment, really, that my dad, uh, who had a motorbike license, purchased a, a three-wheel uh, reliant van for our family use. So we used to go around that. Um, so that was, that was uh, fun, interesting. But then when I was about 13, I don't know what happened. Maybe my mum went to work or something. I can't quite remember. But we got a, we got a bed for Dormobile. So we went from a three-wheel van to a, a great big kind of minibus type thing. And at that time, we went on our very first family holiday to Cornwall. I was going to say about in my early teens, I think. Well, I, was, I thought, Cornwall, wow, that's going to be fantastic. I had this expectation of what Cornwall was like. You know, I'd read the famous five, you know, the Enid Blyton stuff and Moonfleet and things about, you know, smugglers and whatnot. And I was expecting this land of rocky coves and quiet beaches with nobody there and glorious sunshine all of the time and, you know, lashings of ginger beer and tomato sandwich and all that kind of stuff. Well, we got to Cornwall, and the only kind of lashings we got <laughs> was the rain pouring down for the two weeks. There were hordes of people everywhere. I never found a rocky cove like the one I imagined first or last, although actually more recently I have, but then, you know, that was like 40 years later. And, um, you know, then we were arguing all the time in our family at the same time. So, so kind of it wasn't, it didn't kind of quite live up to um, expectations. Now, we can laugh, but, you know, sometimes prayer can be a little bit like that. We imagine this kind of prayer land, this prayer country where people dwell, particularly old saints, saints we mean not, not old, you know, some of the football players, but maybe some of them, but old Christians, you know, who we read in biographies and they had these amazing prayer lives. You know, we read of Martin Luther who, who said, I, I'm a, I, you know, the more I've got to do, I've got a busy day, so I must get up three hours earlier so that I can pray before I start my work. Or we hear about John Wesley and, and these, uh, we read the biographies and we think, wow, that's what living in prayer life, prayer land is like. 
Well, we hear amazing stories, perhaps some, from some of the older Christians we know of, how they can pray every day all around the world. You know, they know everything that's going on, and they, they've got Operation World out, and they're praying through it. And we think, whoa. Or even sometimes people like me and David Gill. Sorry, David, oh, he's out there, so that's okay. You know, people of our age, we sometimes talk about how we can pray through the prayer directory. And you think, oh, no, yeah, I can't, that's really hard. And, and you, what you don't realize is that people like me and David Gill can do it because of the age we're at and, you know, the way our lives work. And so we've got time and no children to, you know, keep us awake or get us, in, you know, routines. It's possible to do that. And we end up thinking that, um, you know, well, by the way, because of that, we've got the House of Prayer on a secret Facebook group. So if you struggle with that, why not join that group, ask to join it, and then each day you can, if you click the notifications, you'll get a reminder of who you can pray for that day. And any time of the day, you can just pray for them. So you can do that. But, you know, we have an expectation of what praying looks like or what a great prayer life is going to be. And really, if we're honest, it's pretty hard to live up to it. And we get disappointed. Now, one day, Jesus' disciples saw him praying on his own in a quiet place. He did that sometimes. In fact, in the Gospels, we see Jesus praying in all kinds of different ways. And it's quite interesting to look at the different ways. I won't do that now, but it is interesting. Sometimes Jesus was alone in a quiet place. Sometimes it was very early in the morning, sometimes before daybreak. At other times, it was with people he was praying, or it was for people. Often you see Jesus, or rather sometimes, there are a few occasions, and we, we, I guess it was part of the, the kind of habit, that Jesus would just kind of overflow into prayer. He'd be talking, something would happen, he'd just kind of burst out into a prayer. Like, remember, when the disciples came back from that mission, and he just, they, they told him what a great time they'd had, and he just said, Father, I thank you, that, you know, and he, he, he just burst into kind of prayer. So there's different ways in which Jesus prayed. But this time, as Jesus stops praying and joins the disciples, they ask him for something. And it's in Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 11, pardon me, on page 1042. There it is, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus has been praying. They've seen that he's been praying. They ask him for something. They ask him, they say, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Now that's not a bad thing, is it? But see how it goes on. Teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. What's that about? Why did they say that then? See, they want to be like someone else. It's this expectation thing again, isn't it? They want to, Jesus to teach them to pray because they think that to pray properly is the way John's disciples did it. And again, we, we can be like that, can't we? We can hear, I mean, you don't hear of it so much now, but I remember maybe 10, 20 years ago, the Korean church, um, the South Korean church, are an amazing praying church and they pray in a certain way. 
And everyone here with you, oh, if only we could pray like the Korean church. Some churches in Korea, they've even got like mountains that they've kind of purchased or areas on mountains where everyone goes and prays. It's amazing. And there was, do you remember those stories? Some of you remember those stories. We think, oh, if only we could pray like that. Well, that's kind of what the disciples are saying. If only we could pray like John the Baptist. Or, you know, you hear about revivals like the Welsh revival. And we think, oh, if only we could pray like the Welsh did in the revival. Again, it's expectations. But what does Jesus say? Let's find out. So Jesus says to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each daily our daily bread. Sorry, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I've no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, because you keep asking, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg... Will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do we feel like those disciples? I hope so. Do we feel like we'd like to learn how to pray? Well, Jesus gives us some help here. He quite simply shows them and us what to pray. Then he tells them a couple of funny stories. I think it's funnier in the original than in the translation probably. About why we can pray and to encourage us to keep praying, to keep doing it. So Jesus is going to tell us two key things that we need to know if we're to learn to pray. So forget about you know, trying to be like a Korean Christian or like a great saint from the past. Just let's start with simple ways where we can, by which we can begin to pray. Just as Jesus um, explained. And he just says, um, he, he, basically there are two things. The first is, he says you need to know what to say. And you need to know who you're talking to. What to say. And who you're talking to. So let's look firstly at what to say. Jesus gives them a really simple prayer, doesn't he? We know it as the Lord's Prayer. Now you may be thinking, that's funny, where's the rest? Whenever I, I thought there was more to the Lord's Prayer than this. Well, in Luke's Gospel, um, and the scholars say, w- would um, kind of confirm this, this is as much as there is in Luke's Gospel. Um, some, it looks like some later kind of copyist added in the rest to kind of make it synchronized with Matthew. Of course, that's only a problem if, if you think Jesus only told this prayer once. Well, if you look in Matthew's gospel, it's a very different occasion. 
Anyone who talks or teaches or you know, even tells stories will often tell the same story more than once. And it's very likely that Jesus taught his disciples on more than one occasion this simple way of praying. If you look at Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, it's a much more structured, it's a whole kind of, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's a sermon, it's a long kind of talk. Here, it's just a snap answer to a question to help us get started in prayer. So don't worry, this is what's here in Luke's Gospel, and uh, it's helpful because it gets us started. So what do we say? Well, Jesus says, the first thing you need to know is you can talk to God about him. You'll know how to pray. Start talking to God about God. And it starts with the fact that God is a father. It's a very intimate form. It's a very close uh, way of talking about God. Jesus is saying, look, when you start speaking to God, realize that you really can talk to him. He's a father to you as you pray. That's the first thing. Talk to him as father. And then he goes on to talk about God's nature. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Respected, revered be your name. However once you put it. Now, in that culture, when people talked about the name, especially when they used it of God, they were talking about the nature of the person. So the nature of God. So God had revealed himself to the Israelites. He said, this is my name. This is what I'm like. And if you look through the Old Testament, there's lots of times when God talks, you know, gives his name and gives different kind of aspects of his character attached to that, that name he gives. And here Jesus is saying it's about what God is like. Jesus says, remember, God is close. He wants to hear you. But also as you pray, remember too, he's holy, he's awesome, he's powerful, he's creative, he's righteous, he's loving, he's good and he's merciful. And as we speak to him, who he is, his nature, his character as the holy, amazing, loving God, all of everything about him is right kind of there in our awareness. He's the one we're speaking to. His name, his nature. And as we, we, we kind of say, God, you're my father and I, 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 your, your name, your, the person that you are is amazing. It's holy, it's set apart, it's special and you can pray in that way. But he's still your father and he wants to be close and involved. Then Jesus says you can talk about God about what he does. Yes, God does things. I don't know whether anyone, when you talked about what your expectations of prayer were, one of the things is that God will do things. God does intervene. There is a kingdom. It's coming. Jesus, if you remember in the gospel, talked about how the kingdom had come. And yet, in a sense, was coming yet. Jesus himself describes himself as the one bringing the kingdom of God in. He is the king of the kingdom. So as we pray to God, as we say, your kingdom come... So our praying is inviting God's rule into what we're praying about. This kingdom speaks of a king, Jesus, who's working in our world. So quite simply, you can begin by praying by talking to God about God. He's your father. His his name, his nature is amazing and it's holy and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And he's working in the world. So we're going to ask him to be working as we pray. So that's the first thing. Then Jesus says, actually, you can also, you can talk about God, about us, about you. 
And what does he say? Well, it's quite simple there, isn't he? So he said, look, they, we need bread for today. He says, we need, uh, so that's about our daily needs. We can ask him for that. We need forgiveness for our sins. The wrong that we do, the stuff that, that, that we feel guilty about, the things that we know shouldn't be in our lives. We can ask him forgiveness for those things. We need to be in the right relationship with other people, don't we? We need to forgive others and receive their forgiveness. We need reconciliation in our relationships. Because, hey, have you noticed, things sometimes go wrong between relationships. In all communities, in a Christian community, in a family. We can have family rows. It's quite possible. And then we need protection from trials and temptations. In the circumstances of life. It's very simple. It's a basic framework, isn't it, for praying. Talk to God about him. Talk to God about us. And he gives us ideas of what we can say. It's very simple. Can I put out a challenge? Why not try it this week? Why not just pray that this week? Every day, maybe. And make that the prayer that you pray. As preparation for next week. And you can kind of pray out from it. Here's a slide. I hope you can see all that. Because that kind of summarizes it. You see, there's the prayer on the left-hand side. Father. So he's close. So as you pray, you could, you could start saying, Father, thank you that I can just pray to you today. Thank you that you're close to me. I thank you that I can come into your presence. And then you could be praying about his nature. God, you're holy. You're awesome. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. I need to know that love in my life or I need to show. However, and then we can start praying about God. Lord, I pray that you'll be working this week. Thank you that you're a God who does things. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for the King Jesus. Do you see what I mean? Just use it. Pray out from those things. Then, you, then after praying about God, you can pray about us, about you. Actually, it is a plural prayer. It's not just to be prayed for you personally, but people in the community. All the pronouns in this prayer are plural. So we can pray for our needs for life. That's okay. God, I just need, need this today. I, you may need the money. In this culture, most of us do have enough money for what we need. Some of us find it more difficult than others. But there are other things that we don't have. We could pray for forgiveness for our, social, for our moral life, for our spiritual life. God, I'm sorry that, you know, I shouted at that person or I took, got the hump yesterday or, you know, I was offended by this or I, whatever. Or for my harsh words then. Or for the stuff I was thinking about. I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. And then we can pray that I will be reconciled to others. See what I mean? Just pray on out of it. And then once you've prayed that, then pray that for someone else. Because <laughs> it is a plural prayer. So you might be praying for someone else that they might know that too. You could pray with someone. Now if you want to do that, I've done, got a little few little handouts here. There's, there's a small one, which if you can, you could take that with you. They're outside on the table, or there's a larger one. And you could just use it. So it reminds you of this prayer. And, and, and what it kind of 
invites us to do. At uh, half past 11, it should be going on our Facebook page. So uh, you can, if you've got a smartphone, you can get the photo, use it on, the, on your phone again to remind you each day to pray. Why not just try that? You know, lots of us perhaps don't pray at all, apart from in church. If that's you, well, here's a simple way to start. You don't need long. Just start coming to your Father and praying. And then when you get into next week, you can go a bit further. And this framework, it's a great way, if you're struggling with something, use it as a way of getting into the right. I was awake um, very early this morning, and uh, I've got a few struggles at the moment, but... And uh, I, one of the things that I was thinking about, I suddenly thought, why don't I use pray this prayer into the situation I was struggling with? And it was really helpful. It helped me to kind of, I prayed about that thing in the light of my father, his nature, his kingdom that's coming. All of that, it kind of brings perspective. Just try it. See how you get on. Try praying. Where did you hear that before? Try this kind of praying. It's a simple, simple thing. But we've got to start somewhere. And if you haven't prayed for years, well, now's a good time to start praying again. You don't have to become a, a saint, you know, with, with, with a kind of four-hour quiet time to start praying. So Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray. He's told them they have a father... And now he's going to tell them two stories about a father. Because as well as knowing um, what we can say, it's good to know who we're talking to. Because if we really get hold of who we're talking to when we pray, it'll kind of enable us to pray with a bit more enthusiasm and joy, I hope, I trust. I find it so anyway. So in verses 5 to 8, Jesus tells us a story of a responsive father. Now don't you think, where's the father? Well, the, the main character is a Middle Eastern dad in, in, in bed with his family in their house. Their neighbor's got a problem. And uh, it's late at night. In fact, it's midnight. Everyone's in bed. It'll be a rural Middle Eastern house. People lived in one room, pretty much. Uh, there was a kind of sleeping platform, which everyone kind of slept in. Probably the animals were inside as well. So, you know, and it's a midnight. Now, you know, in the Middle East, uh, like where, where it is, it gets dark about, what, six, half past six, seven o'clock at night, most of the time. So by midnight, you know, there's nothing to do after it gets dark. That's one of the things about um, uh, living in, in, in a country without electricity. And um, so people went to bed. So they've been in bed five hours, probably, at least. Perhaps, uh, and suddenly, bang, 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 bang. Hey, <laughs> it's, uh, you know... It's Benjamin from next door. I've got a problem. Bang, 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 bang. Can you help me? Because again, in the Middle East, you, you know, the worst thing you could do is not give someone food if they need it. If you deny people hospitality, that's a shameful thing. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing to do. So the guy's let his friends in. He said, he wants to give them some bread. And he keeps knocking on the door. And he says, can you give me some bread? And you imagine the bleary-eyed father, you know, he said, oh, look, I'm asleep in bed. Do you know what time it is? It's midnight. We've been in bed since 7 o'clock or whatever. And, you know, and then but the guy goes, oh, but he keeps asking. And, he might get, and, and Jesus said, because this guy, he's his friend. But, but even though he's his friend, he gives because the man just keeps on asking audaciously. 
It's a very unusual word in the New Testament, this one. But he keeps asking audaciously. And he gets the bread he needs to pass on to his friend. Here's the thing. Our father can be bothered. He is responsive. Keep asking, says Jesus. Don't be afraid to keep asking audaciously. Jesus says in verses 9 and 10, there's a progression there. He says, ask and keep asking. You know, these are, you know, what are we, what, what, these are for things that we need. We ask for things that we need. And he said, keep on asking. He says, keep on seeking. What's the seeking? Well, that's the kind of prayer, I guess, when we're looking for an answer. It's a question many of us pray, perhaps more often than we sometimes admit. It's that pray that says, prayer that says, why? <laughs> Lord, why? Why is this happening? What's going on? I can't see my way through it. I'm, I, need to, I need to find something. And what I need to find, I can't find. So I'm seeking. And, and Jesus says, keep on doing that. And then, then he says, it's okay to keep on knocking. Perhaps knocking is when we're asking God to do something. When we can't see how we can get through a situation unless something changes. Unless there's some kind of movement. And Jesus says, well, it's like knocking, waiting for a door to open. Keep on. Don't stop. It's okay. Your father is responsive. He will respond. He hears us. It's okay to keep asking And that's how prayer sometimes works. Never think that we should not trouble God. Be like the neighbor. Knock on the door until he replies. Keep asking. Maybe you've been asking for something and you don't get that, but you do find something else. You you get an answer, which is not necessarily... You don't get the thing you wanted, but you you learn something different. Sometimes you might be looking for an answer for something, and you don't get the answer because there is no easy answer. But but a door opens, or a person arrives in your life, or or God does something. Do you know what I mean? So you start off with one thing, and then there's this kind of progressive way in prayer. So we have a responsive father. That's a reason to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. A reason to pray that prayer each day this week. And then come to the prayer room and try some other ways of praying in the week of prayer. So we know who we're talking to. We're talking to a responsive father, but we're also talking to a generous and good father. So here's Jesus' little joke. I think the story is a, it has a comic element to it, but... Um, it's the, the one at verse 11 certainly does. Again, notice it's about food, actually. The, the, these two stories are about fathers, like the Lord's Prayer, as we call it. And they also contain stuff about food, basic needs. Uh, and so they're very definitely connected together. And, you know, it's simple, isn't it? Jesus, Jesus says, look, fathers, you don't give bad things to your kids. If your kid asks you, or if your child asks you for an egg... You know, our Bethany stays with us for sleepovers sometimes, and, and she likes to have an egg for breakfast. Uh, we don't say, would you like an egg, Bethany, and give her a scorpion? It's, it's hilarious. No, well, it would be, we could, I could probably tell it better, I expect. But anyway, at that time, it's a ridiculous thing. And Jesus is just making that point. 
that God is generous and he is good. And just as we as earthly fathers, uh, if we're good fathers, and I know not everybody has a father and some of them are bad fathers, don't read God into your father. If you're a father, you should be a father like God. It, it works the other way round. Jesus is saying good fathers give good gifts to their kids. And so what gift does God give us? Well, it's very interesting. He says he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The best gift possible. We ask him for that gift as we pray. Actually, as we do anything, we can ask God for his presence, his Holy Spirit in our lives to help us to pray. Romans 8 says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us. So this God who is so generous and good, he gives himself, his presence in our lives to help us to pray, to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, and, and to live with the, the fact that we, it just seems such a long time sometimes, and I know it does. Many of us have been praying for things for years. Jesus says, God is responsive, no matter what it seems like. You can keep going, and he is good, and he's generous, and he will give you the Holy Spirit. That's what he says. To help us to pray and to live for his glory. So Jesus gives us as disciples the place to start. Helps us to know what to say and reassures us about who we're saying it to. Our responsive, generous father gives us the Holy Spirit. God enters into our experience and prayer becomes a key sign of life. If we're followers of Jesus, if we know him, if we have his salvation, his life in us. Who can know this? You might be thinking, well, how can I know God is my father like that? Sounds like a bit of a big ask, you might be thinking. Well, let me leave you with a verse from John's Gospel, John 1. It says there, to all who received him, that's Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It goes on to talk about how that new life comes. Jesus says those people are born of God. You see, we believe the good news about who Jesus is, about what he's done. And on the basis of that, we receive him. We ask him to come into our lives as we turn from what's wrong. And we welcome his loving rule and reign in our experience. And he comes by the Holy Spirit. And we become born as children. So it becomes the natural, most natural thing in the world at one level to know him as father and friend, as we were thinking before. If that's not happened yet for you, if talk of a father in this way is outside of your experience and you think, I, I need that. Well, remember, God remains responsive and generous. He will welcome you into his family as you turn to him. And if you want to do that today, can I just encourage you after the service to come and talk to someone down here and they'll just show you simply how to receive him into your life so that you can receive that new life that he offers each one of us who turns to him. And don't forget, do have a go with the Lord's Prayer 
this week. See how you get on with it. Um, let's all be a, let, let's kind of be a community, shall we? Shall we all have a go? And then we can tell each other how we're getting on with it, you know? And share it in your house group and other times like that. Okay, that's enough from me. Shall I pray as the band come up? Or is it right? Father, we thank you for your closeness to us. Thank you that even when we feel you're a long way away, you don't move, but we sometimes do. We know sometimes, Lord, it's hard to see where you are because of our circumstances. Lord, we pray that we may know again that you are a responsive Father and that you are a generous good and good Father. Lord, we pray that you will teach us to pray. Thank you, Lord, that uh, in this simple way you want to walk with us through our lives. Lead us forward and pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may to kind of know from the inside that we are a, a child of yours, that we've been born of you, and that when we speak Father, it comes out of a life that is real and living. Lord, we thank you for your generous gift of good news and of Jesus. We pray that we may know that in our lives, changing us from the inside. In Jesus' name, amen.